You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that are related to our faith in Jesus and the way that it plays out in everyday life. In this episode, our question is, should Christians care about the environment? So God has created this world and he's given it to us. And there's a spectrum of belief in regards to how we should approach it, even within Christianity. So how should we as followers of Jesus think about the earth that we live on? Welcome in to Church Unplugged. Uh, welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy, part of the leadership team here at Christ Community Chapel. I've got with me today Joe Coffey, our lead pastor, and Zach Wyrock, member of our leadership team. Today, our question is, should Christians care about the environment? So this is a politically charged question. We don't necessarily need to get too deep into the politics, but it's a legitimate question because we all live on this earth. How should we think about it as followers of Jesus? Yeah, I think I would start by echoing what you're saying of just saying that this is not, for Christians, this is not a political issue. It's a question of what does the Bible tell us? Where would God uh, lead us to think about the earth? And and I, I think you see the disconnect between the Bible and political systems in this way. I think the conservative worldview is largely that human beings matter most, that we have dominion over the earth. And because of that, we can do with it what we will. That if we want to cultivate it and uh, use its resources, that's fine. That's well within our purview. I think the liberal approach would say, well, actually the earth doesn't belong to us. You know, we are kind of partners with the earth and therefore we owe it to the planet to make good choices, to not consume, to to be renewable. Uh, and actually, I think the Bible splits the difference. The Bible undoubtedly makes it clear that humans are God's favorite part of creation, that he has given us dominion over the earth, that we're to be fruitful and multiply, to fill the earth, to have dominion over it, but that our dominion exists as stewards, as those who are taking care of something that ultimately doesn't belong to us, but belongs to God. We are not overlords the way maybe a hyper-conservative uh, view would be, uh, but we're not partners with the earth either the way liberals would say. Instead, we are dominion havers who are responsible to God and as such must think about this earth in the way that he would have us think about yeah, it. Yeah. To use an analogy, I would say uh, in my mind, the conservative viewpoint would say you view the earth like a hotel room. So it's there for you. If you want to throw the towels on the floor, that's fine. If you want to take the soap, take the soap. If you want to leave the soap, leave the soap. Uh, the liberal worldview would say, no, it's more like a museum. Don't touch anything. Don't disturb anything. And I think what the biblical worldview in my mind would be, this is your home. So if you're in your home and a light bulb breaks, you're not just going to leave it there. You're going to fix it. If Enjoy it, but also take care of care it. Care for it. Yeah, you're not just going to leave problems unsolved or intentionally destroy things just because you can. Yeah, I don't know when this is going to air, but I know that uh, right now um, the leaves are changing uh, the world is uh, around Northeast Ohio is beautiful. And uh, I always think if uh, whenever I look at anything that God has created, uh, if I had created that, uh, how would I want people to handle it? Mm. If I created anything, I mean, I am, I am not a creative person, but if I created anything uh, like a tree, uh, I would want people to revere me and revere my creation of the tree because it's so magnificent. I mean, the, I mean, I watch the trees in my backyard sway in the wind, and I think, you know, how in the world does all, all that happen? But everything that God created in this world uh, must hold some place in his heart, 
right? Yeah, and it, I just think, boy, to to disrespect it, yeah. to disregard it, yeah. to burn it up for Consume the pleasure it. or for whatever. I mean, I just think we have to be really careful with that. Yeah, it's interesting because like that tree analogy makes the point I think that I am making is that uh, the way we glorify God with the tree is by enjoying it. Right, it's by right. laying down underneath it. It's by climbing it. It's by watching the leaves. That it's by putting a swing on it. Right. It's by enjoying it, but it's also by caring for it. Because if we don't care for it, we can't enjoy it long term. And right. I think Christians should take seriously that over industrialization, for example, in the end, robs us of so many evidences of God's glory. That if we could snap our fingers and make the world a sterile non-beautiful place, God would be less glorified right. than he is in the world that he made. And we do want to make sure we're preserving. Uh, you know, Psalm 19 says, the heavens are telling of the glory of God. The sky declares his handiwork, right? The idea is that nature itself is screaming the glory of God, and and we want it to. Right. And we want to be careful about doing anything that would drown that voice out. Yeah, that just made me think of that. I mean, I know that there are tons of Jewish prayers, right, that they would be thinking they had a, a prayer for wine, they had a prayer for bread, they have a, a prayer just saying, this is what God has made as I consume it. I praise the one who gave it to me. And I think we would do well if we began to thank God for everything we walk past, everything we use. If I was to, as I'm filling my car up with gas— to be thanking the God of the universe for providing gasoline, yeah. whatever it is. Then I start to look at things that I consume as being gifts from God and not something I can do kind of willy-nilly. Yeah, and, and this is the danger of thinking about things in our modern context, which is so politically polarized, because we're so given to picking up the talking points of our favorite political party and just jumping into those. And so saying, I have to be anti-environmental because I vote for this party, or I need to be extra protective of the environment because I vote for this party versus reading the Bible and realizing actually both sides are right about some things and both sides are wrong about some things. How would Jesus have me think? And I think that that is really important. I think one thing I'd want to aim here is I think there's a dangerous kind of eschatology or or view of the end times that would say, well, in the end, everything's just going to burn up anyways, so it doesn't matter. And I think, first of all, I would challenge that that view of how the world is going to end. You know, in the book of Revelation, John sees Jerusalem, the heavenly city, descending to earth. There's a uniting of heaven and earth. This earth is going to be renewed, but it's not going anywhere. But also the ministry of Jesus was a bending back to God's original design. The ministry of Jesus was a renewal of God's created design. And I think that is who we're meant to be, to pick up the idea of what the world was supposed to be pre-sin, and now, because of Jesus, push it back that direction as much as we can, that what happens in this world matters to God and should matter to us. We are not just waiting in the basement with our canned goods for the apocalypse. This world actually matters. Do you have canned goods in your basement? I do not. Uh, I think Because one I the... love Jesus. <laughs> okay, that might be a different podcast, but uh, <laughs> next time on Church Unplugged, do you love Jesus if you have canned goods in your basement? Um, one of, as you were talking, one of the things I was thinking is that um, for the person who says the earth is mine to consume, it's a it's a commodity. Yeah. Uh, we don't even apply that. We would not apply that logic even consistently across everything that exists on yeah. the earth. So yeah. if that's you, why do you have pictures hanging in your house? Yeah. Why do you paint the walls of your house? Why do you, you know, even in your own home or wherever it is that you live, you probably 
have things that have special meaning to you where you say, I find beauty in this. I find it to be uh, something that I would not want to destroy or consume. And yet you look outside at the earth that God has created in all of its splendor and you say, torch it. It's all going to get torched anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And both, both sides, you know, the, the danger is to go to the extreme, right? To go, uh, if you go all the way to the left, you end up saying that uh, every animal uh, is on the same level as as a human being. We have no more rights than anything else. And if you go all the way to the right, uh, we become uh, the spoiled uh, child that gets to wreck whatever they want to wreck and and use up whatever. We and we have talked about what it's what it means to be a consumer of things instead of a giver of life. And uh, so. Yeah, I think the, there are some teachings of Jesus that I think are helpful. You think about the uh, parable of the talents, for example, where Jesus talks about a master who gives uh, money to his servants, goes away on a long trip, and he comes back and he rewards the servants who have invested wisely. He rewards the servants who cared enough about what they were given to seek to make it better. And I don't think that's a parable about environmentalism, but I think the principle holds that everything that God gives us, we hold as his. So I think, you know, Jimmy, the person says, well, the world is the, the world is mine. I would say, uh, no, it's God's. But yes, he has given us uh, ownership of it for now, but we own it as someone who has to give it back. And we want to give it back in as good a state as we can because that shows that we honor the one to whom it belongs. Particularly knowing that the one who owns it wants to bend it back to yeah. what he wanted it to be, which is, you know, you, you mentioned that, and that's the pattern of the gospel, right? It's, the, it's what we expect God to do with us yeah. instead of destroying us and making a pristine doppelganger of Joe Coffey. He's going to take Joe Coffey and he's going to yeah. try to go, this is what he was created to be and, yeah. and this is what redemption means. that's what means. Paul says yeah. in Romans 8 when he says creation itself is groaning, right? It, it's it's groaning to be made new again. Right. It, it wants to be what it was always meant to be and that's what that's what we should want. And because it's what we should want, we should be uh, careful to take care of what God has given us and to, and to make it last so that future generations can see God's glory reflected in whatever that thing is that we're marveling over. I think one of the uh, really powerful things I've heard you say, Zach, on this, on this podcast and in other environments several times is um, when thinking about issues such as this one, if you are a Christian— and the gospel does not somehow challenge mm. every political belief that you have, yeah. then it's more likely you're following a political party than you yeah. are following Jesus. And I would just say, if you yeah. are Christian, you should find yourself in somewhat of a state of political homelessness, even when it comes to issues where issues like this one, where you find yourself saying, well, there are uh, portions on one side that I feel like I resonate with and are in line with the values of the gospel, and there are portions on the other side that I feel the same way about. And yeah. I think that's and really if you're, important. And if that's not happening, I mean, it should be that if you're conservative, you you when you get together with your conservative friends who are not Christians, they are willing to go places and say things and do things that you're not at some point. Or if you're a liberal, that when we're, you're with your liberal friends, they are willing to go and go certain places, say certain things, do certain things that you are not. And if that's never happening for you, it's because you're bending the gospel to accommodate your political views, not the other way around. And, and I just think, again, the admonition here is what does God want us to think about the planet? 
Not to what do Republicans think, what do Democrats think, but what does God want us to think? What has he said? And do we trust him? And do we stand with him as it relates to thinking about the environment? And when I grew up, I didn't grow up with a robust kind of uh, understanding of the environment or the earth. And then, uh, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, I read a book called, I think it was God's Green Earth. It was the first time that I ever read uh, about environmentalism from a Christian perspective. And I remember finishing that book and just thinking, man, I should love, I should love this place that God created more than I have loved it. Hmm. And not just be a user of this place and not take it for granted, but look at it uh, as a gift and a gift of beauty and, a, and a, an amazing gift that God gives. So I really, that uh, really started to help change my understanding of what it meant to be a follower of Jesus living on planet Earth. Hmm. Yeah, I think the important thing is, and this is really what you're saying, Joe, in that book, is that understand there is no issue that you're going to think about, uh, wrestle with, that isn't ultimately a gospel issue. There is nothing. I mean, Abraham Kuyper said, there's not an inch of the universe over which Jesus doesn't say, mine, right? Everything belongs to him. But if everything belongs to him, that means I need to think deeply about every issue, but in this case, environmentalism. And what has Jesus led me to? What has he said that would impact this? What has he done that would impact this? And make sure that's what I'm squaring my thinking with. And what's interesting about that is I keep hearing people say, in this increasingly polarized world, why can't we just find balance? Why can't we just be in the middle? Why? why? And the answer is that's where the gospel takes us. Like what you're longing for of people who can sit down and see both sides and find a happy medium, that is where the Bible takes us. Uh, it's in the rejection of the Bible that we end up finding ourselves in polarized camps saying things that are ultimately destructive to the world and, and to us. You've been listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we're going to look at topics and questions that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. We want your feedback. We want your suggestions. If you've got ideas or questions that you'd like to hear answered on the show, you can email us at churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.